Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, Episode 30, recorded Sunday, April 12th, 2020. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Happy Easter, everybody, and thanks for listening to Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Cintrapino. This is certainly an Easter like no other. I'm not sure I could have ever imagined something like this pandemic happening, and certainly something we hope is contained soon and that we return to a new normal, wiser, and more vigilant. We are now in our fourth week of being closed at the shop here in Connecticut, and it looks like we're going to have to remain closed until May 20th. That will make it a full two months if all goes well. In the meantime, we're staying connected with folks as best we can, being safe, and staying healthy. Today, we're going to have a little bit of fun. I've been working on doing some remote interviews, so I set up a capability to do that. And then Donna helped me last week uh, check out a remote interview from here within the house. So stay tuned for that. We're also going to introduce you to the National Marine Life Center, which is something that's uh, here in Buzzards Bay in New England. And we have another installment of Sea Hunt. It's still alive. So let's get started. Okay, we're recording an interview here on a new uh, cleanfeed.net application that I uh, downloaded or I installed on the computer to do some remote uh, interviews. Um, And we're going to do our first remote interview using this new technology. And and here I am sitting in uh, the Scuba Shack Radio Studios, i.e. my basement, and I'm going to interview Donna. Donna, who's in our temporary home of Scuba Shack which is in our dining room. So welcome, Donna, to Scuba Shack Radio. Thanks, Jeff. I'm sitting about 10 feet above your head. (laughs) Yeah, we're getting a little bit of a feedback on there, but we'll see how that goes. So um, it's been over two weeks now since we closed the shop up. And uh, so what's it it been like being here at home and not having to go to the shop every day? Well, for starters, I get to sleep a little later, which is nice, um, because you don't wake me up when you're going to the gym, (laughs) because there's no gym either. Um, So I get actually a chance to um, eat a more leisurely breakfast. Um, I'm not spending time driving to the shop, so I don't have to leave the house as early. Um, So I can show up to work a few minutes late because nobody's really watching. (laughs) Nobody's Um, waiting for the shop to open. Uh, Nobody's standing out there. So the shop itself has been very quiet. There's been very little in the way of email or phone calls, but there's been a few. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we're in the midst of this. It's going to be a little bit of a a little bit of a while, but but uh, so what have you been working on up there? 
I've been taking a lot of the items that we've had uh, to put on eBay for some of them have been in the shop for quite some time and trying to get caught up on that. So there's been a lot of items to put up there. Um, it's not quite yeah. as quick as it sounds like it might be, so it has taken a while to do all of that. Yeah, we had some pretty neat stuff that we went through last week trying to get it up there on eBay. So, um, yeah. Well, we posted a bunch of new stuff last Friday, um, and we sold an item on Saturday, so I went over to the shop and got that ready to ship yeah. and yep. uh, drove over to the bank and was going to ask the question of them. And while I was at the bank, I saw that a second... Uh, item sold on eBay, so I went back to the shop and packed that one up. Um, <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> and then I took that over to the post office and, and got those dropped off. And then while I was in the parking lot at the post office, a third item sold. So I went yeah. back to the shop again, packed that one up, well, and went and mailed the third item. Yeah, I was sitting here watching those eBay things come in and realized that <laughs> what was going on over there. So... Interesting stuff. Uh, but besides eBay, um, I know there's a couple of things going on. Patty's running some webinars. I think you sat in on one yesterday, was it? Uh, how'd that go? Yes. Um, so I did sit in on the Patty webinar, and they've had uh, a couple of questions that they sent out to all the listeners. To, you know, are you using uh, any online classes? Um, and it was about 50-50. Some are implementing some of the online stuff, and many are not. Um, and they had a question about whether or not you intend to do any of those types of classes as yeah. well. Yeah, we got and a couple things set up. Suggested huh? a few uh, of the classes that are that don't require dives yeah. are good classes to do yeah. uh, virtually or online. Yeah, well, we have the um, uh, the equipment specialist class we're doing virtually. Uh, Monty's got the classroom all set up for that, and then. Um, in addition to Patty, I know you, you had a chance to talk with Divers Alert Network this week. What, what are they doing? They have opened up uh, a lot of their um, talks that they have that are normally for members only, um, but they've opened up their website to anybody who would like to go in and uh, listen to them. They all run you know, about 15 minutes, so it's not a lot of yep. time. Um, but you can go in and pick the topics that you're interested in. Um, and there's no charge for that right now. They've opened it up to everybody. Yep. So you can go to Dan, Divers yep. Alert yep. Network, and go to, um, I believe it's their, well, I can't remember if it's how, how they, what they called it. But they're, you know, they're talking about yep. stuff. So Yeah, they, they've got a lot of stuff out there if you take the time to poke around on the Dan uh, website. So, um so things are, are, are still going. Uh, we've got Scuba Shack uh, on hiatus a little bit, uh, kind of shifted over here to the house. Uh, I know you're monitoring the email and, and checking voicemail. Not a lot of traffic, as you said, but we're hoping that we get through this here uh, pretty soon. But uh, one last question before we wrap up. Um, what's for dinner tonight? <laughs> You know I don't I don't make that decision until about five minutes before I take it out of the freezer. Okay, we'll see. We'll have to go. And uh, am I allowed more than one chocolate chip cookie today? Um, well, you've been awfully nice to me during the interview, so yeah, you can have two. Okay, okay. Well, that's our first episode here with this new clean feed. Let's see how it goes, and we might get it on a future episode of Scuba Shack Radio. Bye. Thanks, Jeff. Bye. Thank you.
When I was at the Boston Sea Rovers Clinic in early March, I had a chance to stop by the National Marine Life Center booth. I hadn't heard of this organization before, and was surprised to find that it's located in Buzzards Bay, Massachusetts. Not all that far from us. Wow. While I was at the booth, I had a nice chat with Kathy Zagzisby, who is the president and executive director of the National Marine Life Center. So what is this organization all about? Well, it's a hospital, a rehabilitation center for sea turtles, seals, dolphins, porpoises, and smaller whales. Now, why Buzzards Bay on Cape Cod? Well, that's because Cape Cod is a hot spot for stranding. Now, the hospital opened in 1995, so it's celebrating 25 years of operation. The founding chair of the National Marine Life Center was the late Betsy Horner. Today, there's a board of trustees and a board of advisors that direct the efforts. When I talked to Kathy, she indicated that the National Marine Life Center is focused on three key areas, one being rehabilitation, two being science, and three being education. Their mission is to rehabilitate its sick and injured marine mammals and then release these healthy animals into the wild. Now, while the animals are at the center, they also provide a unique opportunity to learn about their species and advance other scientific knowledge about them. With this knowledge, they then want to educate. And according to their website, their instructors cover topics from biology to physics, writing composition to art and math to technology. I went to look at some of their virtual programs in their resource, resource page and found it to be pretty cool. The virtual programs like Minute to Swim It, it's an Instagram uh, program, and then Patient Updates Live on Facebook, and they have something called Behind the Scenes, um, and then there's also some YouTube channels. They have Aquatic Adventures, and then uh, see Animal Sleepy Time. So there's a lot of different programs out there that are pretty cool. I did check out one of the ones on Behind the Scenes, and it was talking about a couple of gray seals out there, Woody and Nebska. And it's really interesting how they do uh, isolate them a little bit so they don't get too used to humans and how they feed them. And, and it was really interesting uh, how they just do that. Now, the other thing you could do is you can check out their coloring pages. And I thought these might just be for kids, but they look really great. So you can go ahead and download and print them out. And uh, just remember, uh, you need to stay between the lines. Now, the National Marine Life Center, it's not a big operation. They have eight full-time professionals on staff, and they have an adjunct of three veterinarians. But Kathy did say that they do have an awesome volunteer group of about 110 people. Now, if you want to visit, it's not that big of an operation. They do have a small visitor center, but it's primarily uh, focused around between Memorial Day and Labor Day. And then there's other times that you can go out there. They do have an online gift shop. They have T-shirts, hats, mugs, that kind of stuff. You become a, a member at various levels, and you can check that out as well. But I thought it was really an interesting organization, National Marine Life Center, right here in our backyard, and it was really great to catch up with Kathy at Boston Sea Rover. So if you're ever up in Cape Cod area, Buzzards Bay, uh, in the summertime, you might want to check them out.
Time for another installment of Sea Hunt. It's still alive. And today, we're going to keep up our theme of space travel and sea hunt when we take you to Season 2, Episode 7, titled Diving for the Moon. And this episode premiered on February 15th, 1959. Think about that. We were still two years away from manned space travel. In this episode, Mike is training a group of four pilots who are astronauts in training. One of them is a doctor, Dr. Adams, and then there's Ed, Tom, and Pete. Now, they're supposed to be off the southern part of Florida, but actually it looks like this was filmed off of Catalina, at least from uh, what the underwater topography looks like. So these guys are in phase three of their training, and their mission is to navigate to a supply base underwater at 60 feet, and they're supposed to stay there six hours and complete a whole series of tasks. Now, one of the pilots, Ed, stays topside to get the radio fixed, which is not working properly, so he can monitor it for the weather. Seems like something's brewing. So they head down military style, according to Mike. Now, you've got Mike in triples, there's two divers in doubles, and there's one guy in a single tank. The underwater sequences have a little bit of everything. They're down there working on algebra problems, they're playing checkers, they're doing puzzles, they're eating food capsules, and they're drinking water uh, underwater. Now, Ed finally gets the radio fixed and finds out that they are in the direct path of a hurricane. So he hightails it down to let Mike know. Well, now they have to all try to make a break for the surface. But as they're going up the line, they find that the boat has broken from its mooring. Mike wants to get to the surface, but the turbulence is too much and pushes him down. So now they all need to go back down to the bottom and wait it out. Luckily, they have all those extra spare tanks. Now, to communicate with the pilots, Mike takes out his fairly large dive knife and starts tapping out Morse code on his tank. Not sure what happened to their slates. Anyway, Mike starts to outline all the problems they're going to face. Nitrogen narcosis, low on food, low on air, and heat loss. He does say the temperature is 55 degrees. Wow, that's pretty cold for a hurricane in South Florida. There are great shots of them changing over tanks with the double hose regs. Mike takes the empty tanks and ties them uh, up for future use. Can you guess what that would be all about? Well, now hypothermia hits Tom. He's shaking all over. Now Dr. Adams takes out a mouth thermometer from his bag to take his temperature, and it's not good. So... Mike takes out a magnesium flare, sets it off, and starts warming them up. Interesting. Now all heck breaks loose. Pete freaks out, tries to bolt for the surface, but they catch him. And Doc Adams gives him the first tranquilizer underwater, shot through the the, uh, wetsuit. Then sharks show up, the vultures of the deep, according to Mike. Mike chases them away with his flare. But now they need to get to the surface. How are they going to do that? They take out all the empty uh, cylinders and they build a raft. Pretty impressive underwater. But they have to get to the surface. Luckily, the hurricane has passed. 
the Coast Guard dispatches a helo to show up just in time as they come up. There was a lot of underwater stuff here. I can only imagine how much went into these underwater scenes. The show was almost all underwater. Now, John Lamb is credited with the underwater photography and Harry Bedman Jr. with all the underwater special effects. So diving for the moon, another connection between sea hunt and spaceflight. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Sea Hunt. It's still alive. Hope you enjoyed today's show. As I wrap up today, I want to again thank you for listening. Let's hope by the next time I record, we will be through the toughest part of the pandemic and looking towards a very different future. So in the meantime, stay safe and stay healthy. Goodbye. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time.